evening welcome to caching in the northwest you know this is the only podcast dedicated to geocaching in the great pacific northwest we're going to talk about caches and cachers unique to this little corner of the continent so while you're holding your breath for a seattle nhl team will be caching in the northwest and we can't do that until we bring in our logging lemur some say social interaction gives him an allergic reaction and others say he has more baggage than delta airlines all we know is he's called Land Monkey. Well, the good thing is that just like Delta Airlines, I lose all my baggage, so it's not really an issue. Yeah, you know, that's, that's well, it is an issue, actually. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, thank you. Uh, nice to be back again on a Thursday night. Nice to be seeing all the fun, crazy people over in our chat already sharing all kinds of stuff to uh, even some some stuff for the after show already. And folks, if you're new and you're not sure what that's all about, when we finish the regular podcast, we're going to have something called the after show. The after show. That's the one. And if you have something and you're in the chat and you want to talk about it, because the after show, we'll talk about anything that won't change the rating of our show. And if you want to talk about that, all you have to do is put a hashtag FTAS for the after show before whatever you type. And we'll make sure we grab that later on and talk about it in the after show. And that's what that's all about. So very exciting. And of course, as you may have noticed, we have guests tonight. We have Yvonne and Chris from Logworks. So welcome to the show, you guys. Well, hello, everyone. Shall we make this a Canadian-German takeover show as we outnumber the American hosts this night? I'm good with that. Uh, I'm sorry. The Timbits have to be staying north, north of the border. <laughs> oh, how true that is. Yeah, we're also known as, or our geocaching handle is three stars. Our logs usually go kind of like uh, Papa Star, Mommy Star, and Little Star Sasha which was earlier out here. I think he's off to bed now. <laughs> so that's what most of us kind of know us by here in the local area. Awesome. And uh, so welcome to the show, you guys. It's nice to have you here. We're going we're gonna to get into talking all about the topic tonight, which is hiding caches that last um, and, uh, you know, avoiding the, uh, the art to avoiding cache maintenance. Um, and we'll get into that shortly. But before we do that, we want to just go through some of the things we do at the beginning of every show and uh, share a little bit of news. There's some good GIF news to share as well. But uh, first of all, a quick reminder that we do always appreciate the support of our patrons who help to keep this podcast coming each and every week. And if you want to know more about supporting this podcast, click that Patreon link on the cachingnw.com website. That's awesome. right. And another thing we do each and every week is we talk about a glow or a geocaching log of the week. So whether you read it or whether you wrote it, we want to hear about it because great logs simply make geocaching better. Send an email and we need your glows. So send the email to feedback at cachingnw.com. 
Better yet, call into 253-693-TFTC or use that voicemail tool right there on the website and show us how you glow. Now, are you going to read it tonight? I was going to read it. Go for it, man. This week's glow was submitted by MC3Cats, who happens to be in the chat with us this evening. My favorite rapper. Yeah. He's my favorite MC. (laughs) (laughs) He starts off, I have an interesting geocaching story about a cache I found on January 26, 2013, back before there was a caching in the Northwest. My adventure was so epic that the cache owner changed the name of the cache due to my log. If that's not glow material, I don't know what is. So, without further ado, let's step back in time to a very rainy Saturday, January 26, 2013. Travel with me. He starts out on the Duval Monroe area, picking up some smileys in the rain. In all my years of geocaching, I found many things in caches. Today, in this cache, I found the most disgusting thing I'd ever found. A duck head. Yes, a real dead duck head. At first, I thought it was some sort of decoy. But after further investigation, I could tell it was not a decoy, but a real dead duck head. Luckily, I had gloves on, so I removed the decapitated duck head from the lock and lock container and chucked it. The log had a blood stain on it. I chucked that out along with everything else in this cache and essentially rebuilt the cache with a new uh, right in the rain log and a baggie. Nothing else in the cache now. This will be a memorable cache for me, given what I found in it. Obviously, the local duck hunters like this area for duck hunting. Can't say I appreciate their sick sense of humor, though. Thanks for the most memorable cache yet. This one won't soon be forgotten. <laughs> On to you, Land Monkey. <laughs> yeah, okay, you know, that's a tough fact to follow, I gotta say. The decapitated duck head in the cache trick. Um, can't say I've done that one myself. I just haven't really had the opportunity to decapitate a duck while I was at a geocache, so. Um, you, you know, you haven't tried hard enough. Clearly, clearly I have not. Well, I, I would say based on my personal experience with birds in the wild, it would be much easier to do with a grouse than it would with a duck because grouse seem to be the stupidest bird in the Northwest. Uh, I don't know how many times I've almost run over one on an FSR because they just stand there and look at your truck. So, I'm sorry, how was yeah. that again? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a truck. Yep. Oh, well, that's, that's getting real close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have a video clip that's, I'm pretty sure it's on our YouTube channel. I can't remember. Maybe it was just on Facebook of us drive, me trying to drive down an FSR and two grouse are in front of the truck. And Laura gets out of the truck trying to shoo them and chase them off the road because she didn't want to run over them. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> just going to go. But she managed to get them to safety. Whew. She she's, saved she's the life. More, she saved, yes. She's, she's much more concerned about these things than I am. So there you go. And you were going to ruthlessly kill them. I was going to um, employ natural selection. <laughs> there you go. Anyways. Hey, you know what? Uh, as, as they say in the chat there, quit grossing about grass. So uh, thank you, I am. I will do that. Let's move on to some news. Um, the selection for the 2018 Gajif finalist is complete. Hooray! Yay! It's been announced. So 
Yeah. My question to anybody listening to this podcast, do you know someone whose film made the cut? Oh, 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 call on me. Call on me. Okay. Chris <laughs> of the Northwest, you no. have a question or an answer. No, I don't know anyone. Oh. Wait, okay. yes, I do. Thank you for completely wasting my time. <laughs> You're welcome. What's up? What are you going to share? I know someone. Who's that? It's a local cashier. Well, local to you more than me, but Northwest. Yeah. It's a BC cashier fluff night. That's right. Hooray! Hooray for fluff night. Yes, that is really exciting news. Um, And in fact, it was a collaborative effort. It's... um, Make sure I get the name right. Where is that? Well, it looks like Kitty Quest with a lack of yep. a vowel. That is it. Thank you. It was on the second page, so I can see it. Fluff Knight and Kitty Quest worked this summer very hard with a group of uh, volunteers and put together a film. I have no idea what it's about other than the name of the film, The Night I Became Aware Cacher. Ooh. So I'm, I'm quite excited to see that. But I, I just love the fact that, once again, we've got a local entry from BC. Last year, we had a great entry in the art of geocaching. That came from a group over in Victoria. They did a fantastic job. Um, so yeah, the bar's been set by BC once again. All right. Um, I also heard from Limax that a video was submitted by a caching friend of his in the area called Basso Contour. Um, uh, he sent me the link. I took a look and I thought, wow, this this feels vaguely familiar. And, and uh, he Limax did say that it's going to feel familiar. Um, it's, uh, I'm going to say that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. It was, uh, it felt a lot like Dear Geocache Guy. So it, it inspired me to, uh, to tweet out a link to the Dear Geocache Guy compilation earlier today. So I do cool. like Dear Geocache Guy. Isn't it about time for him to make another appearance? Well, it's GIF time or GIF time. So yeah, it probably is. Hmm. Maybe I can, maybe I can talk to him about riffing off that theme of GIF. Maybe he can do something like that. <laughs> We'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, that one that because it was uh, it was along the same vein of Dear Geocache Guy also did not make the top sixteen. <laughs> uh, yeah, they they like to and full credit to the folks at geocaching.com who have to select sixteen films out of all the entries they get. They are trying to find films that show geocaching in a constructive and positive light, which. Dear Geocaching Guy does not by intention. The whole point is, right, you know, so anyways, fun, fun. But hey, we have a complete list of all 16 films and uh, the filmmakers. And we're going to actually employ our guests tonight to help us with the list as soon as we get to a name we can't say. So, <laughs> so CNW, do you want to start us off? Certainly. The first one is All You Need Is Cash by Sliney, Coma by Team Comica. Comica, I'm going to go with Comica. Geo by one of my, this, this is a fun name to say. Zippy Zipper Zoo. Oh, you found, you you missed one. Finding Our Family's Lost Monument Through Geocaching by Rolf Denver. Thank you. I don't know how I missed that. I was just so excited to say Zippy Zipper Zoo. You got to say Zippy Zipper Zoo. Can I say the next one? Yes. Okay. All right. The next film is Geocache Mojo by Jellyfish Umbrella. Which is such a great name for a band, I just have to say. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We should actually make jellyfish umbrellas here. Ooh. I'm sure it, I'm sure it's a thing already. Oh. The next one is Geocaching Documentary, Winter Caching in Finland by Wilu and Harjus. Nice. 
Next, we have geocaching in the change of time. Now, this one's where we're going to bring in our guests. Now, I can say the team name. That's Team GC Therapy Group. However, it's made up of, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cashers? Some of which I pronounced very poorly in practice. <laughs> so go ahead, guys. Who are, the, who are those folks? Yeah. So we have Mekmatz, Balu Team, Frau Schmidt, Freiland Jäger, Matsu 70, München 811 or 811, and Sternschnuppe 31, or 31 is the number at the back. Fantastic. Thank you, you guys. And then we go on with the next film, Geocaching is Awesome, which is true, by uh, Brettany. I Am Geocached by Skimbosh. Justice Gift League, or Gajif League. I think Gajif League. Yeah. Gajif, yeah. Team Albo Gajif. Uh, Little Helpers from Outer Space by Team Cassiopeia. One Day by Team Yurna. Six Techniques Geocaching by Find My Cache. TFTC by Treasure Hunter GD. The Night I Became a Cacher by Fluff Knight and Kitty Quest. And Why I Geocache by Team Scortney. Awesome. Well, folks, remember to get your Gajif events planned and submitted for review. We want to come and see these films. And we can only do it if you guys host an event. So uh, get on it. Get a location. Get a venue. Get a reason. Submitted. <laughs> well, you have a reason. Um, and if you want to know more about that, make sure you go to the uh, Gajif website, G-I-F-F 2018. Um, and that's where you can find out everything you need to know about hosting an event. Um, all right. So there you go. Now, tonight we are bringing in special guests and we're going to talk about hiding caches that last some unique ideas around log books. So, um, I've, I've got, I've had an opportunity to see a little bit of this, but I'm really interested in talking about this some more. So Yvonne and Chris, why don't we start off though, talking about geocaching in general and uh, tell us a little bit about how long you've been playing this game and, and how you got started. Well, we started geocaching in 2010. We heard about it a few years before that already, but um, I think probably around 2005 or so. At that point of time, you needed like a $600 GPS receiver, and that was just always out of the question. So basically, Sasha was born in 2009. So we thought, like, let's find something that we can do together as a family activity. And uh, that's basically how we got started. We found the GPS that was a car GPS slash um, geocaching hybrid. It looked <laughs> like a brick. And um, I mean, quite honestly, looking back, that's now eight years when we got this thing. And we found the first 100 finds of it, amazingly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for all you new guys out there, basically, our very first geocache, we just loaded a bunch full up. We went out in the park. And the first one we attacked was one that had a blue question mark. And said, it's right by the parking lot. Let's go find this thing. And an hour later, we gave up and said, like, you know what? I don't think there's nothing here. Something is wrong. We have to find out what that question mark thing here is. So you should have just logged in needs. And everything was wonderful. And we got hooked. So we turned this hobby into basically the first 100 finds. And um, basically, well... Now we found 1,000 finds, then it became almost a, a sport, and we now a little bit over 5,000. 
we basically turned our 5,000 milestone last year with, um, what was it, the resurrection of the paid cash. We made this our 5,000 fine. And uh, this little known recreational location-based game basically became our obsession of us, where we basically started a little business as well. And um, basically, our goal is always about quality. We always go for quality caches before anything else. And uh, we got a really good reputation here in our neck of the woods, which is basically on the other side of the Rocky Mountains. Um, <laughs> we haven't mentioned that we are out of Alberta, Canada. And Calgary yeah. is our hometown, very close to Banff National Park. Most people know where that is located. And um, yeah, we got some really quality heights and we guarded some favorite points. And uh, based on that, the algorithm last year that was for getting a virtual reward basically honored us. We were really not prepared for this. It was actually quite a surprise. We were actually out in Washington in the Pacific Northwest when that was announced. And we go like, we hmm, yeah, it would be kind of cool to get one of those. But <laughs> come on, not us. And then the next day we opened up our email and go like, oops, wow, we got one. So that one was published about two weeks ago. It's actually out in Banff. For anybody that wants to look for it, there's only two, two virtual new ones and one old one in Banff. And yeah, that's yeah. basically how we got involved. And um, it was basically a family activity. Yeah. Well, because you were here in the Northwest is the reason why you got that virtual reward. <laughs> that's very well possible. Yeah. This, this is this is God's country. And, you know, you, you come out here and you just get blessed. That's all I can say. Oh, so now you you're in Calgary, but. You've been to the Northwest several times. Uh, where do you Calgary do... is in the Northwest. You're, I'm sorry. The very east You've been part to the coast it. several times. <laughs> where do you geocache most often? Well, I would say mostly we cache here in Alberta. And then the last three years, basically, we went to Washington quite a lot because of the business and everything. And there's some other stuff that came together. So we enjoy coming down to Washington. Mm-hmm. And then Europe is basically our third destination when we go back to visit our relatives, which is then mostly Switzerland, Germany, Austria, and uh, the little country Liechtenstein. We also found one cache in Italy, which really wasn't in Italy. It was actually a part of <laughs> Italy in, Italy in Switzerland. <laughs> so we got Italy covered slightly differently, but that's basically the main counties we have in Europe. And um, our geocaching mostly evolves around um, work. Basically, I'm working as a delivery driver, so I have the opportunity to find some caches. Most of my routes are now cashed out. And uh, because I'm driving a big truck, sometimes it's really hard to find parking and um, stealth. It's impossible. So (laughs) I I could imagine there was a lot of people that were wondering, like, what is this truck doing out there? (laughs) But anyway, I never got really stopped. I think I got stopped only once and some of them. Are you lost? You're looking for something? No, no, all is fine. Wonderful. <laughs> and then we also, of course, use our weekends. Uh, vacation is always around geocaching and seeing new sites and whatever. Yeah. And uh, mostly local and uh, mega events are basically our main geocaching. So on too. we basically make it a goal to at least visit one mega per year, mostly in this area of the Nuts, mm-hmm. the eastern part of the Americas. We haven't targeted yet because... It's just too far. Yeah. You have to fly. If you drive, it takes you like a week just to get out there and back. And um, the costs are slightly prohibitive. So we basically figured like we're actually better off going to Europe because the plane ticket is less and um, the megas are a lot closer over there. Yeah. There you go. There you go. And the gigas. 
and the gig. And then the gig yeah. Honestly, we don't have that's the next goal. There you go. So you guys, um, Bounce Bounce is in the chat tonight, and he wants to know if you guys are coming to GeoCoin Fest 2018. Oh, that's part of a different story. Yeah, that was one of the later questions, on. but yes. All right, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. We'll talk awesome. more about it. <laughs> All right, so... There's, yes, we will meet again. Perfect. So uh, what would an ideal geocaching day look for uh, or look like for you guys? Well, basically, uh, no nanos. That's already one thing. We dislike nanos. They're just a nightmare. Uh, we like a mix of different cache types. For example, in 2014, we did 11 cache icons in a day, which is the most we ever did. That was basically done by somebody else that did the pre-planning, but it's kind of fun to mix it all up and then Yep. In early days, we basically did a lot of power trails with a uh, little star Sasha, and uh, we basically were doing them with the bikes. He got pulled behind, and then we, a uh, friend of us and uh, myself, we basically were leapfrogging from cash to cash with bikes. Nice. And now, since he got older, power trails for him are actually really, really boring. <laughs> so our focus changed a little bit to challenge caches, so basically finding challenging caches and um, yeah. different challenge type of caches as well, so find difficulty terrain rating we're working on. Oh, oh no, we lost them. There's the increased oh. difficulty right there. Yeah, they're uh, they're connecting back. Be patient. Here they come. Nope, there they go. <laughs> All right. Well, they'll be they'll be back just in a moment. I, there. There, there we go. Oh, you're back. back. It looks like we dropped Something out. Something got dropped. No worries. Okay, yeah, so big we're containers with swag are a big focus because Sasha likes to trade swag. He's into that age right now. With eight gadget cases yeah. are always fun. Uh, rare goals I like a lot, but um, Sasha is not into them because yeah, you have to play them on your own, so that's a little bit yeah. And uh, not too difficult caches in general. As soon as it's unsolvable or something, we skip it. And puzzle caches, we're not the big puzzle geeks at all. So we look at it. If the solution kind of jumps at us, we might try solving it. If it looks too complicated, it's closed. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, our topic tonight is going to be about hiding caches that last. So I'm curious what you guys think provides longevity for caches. What makes a cache that lasts? Well, like my T-shirt says, the art to avoid cache maintenance goes hand in hand with longevity. Because if you don't like cash maintenance, make sure your cash lasts, right? <laughs> so I would say the main thing is uh, protection from the elements, especially water and mountain morning dew, which basically cries for a solid container. And then <clears throat> here comes the big O-ring issues. I mean, there's a lot of containers out there. There's the bison tube that everybody knows and <laughs> the matchstick container. But they all contain this little rubber ringy around it that's made out of a natural material called rubber. And um, after about six months or a year, UV rays just slowly destroy that little thing. And once it pops, your container is not waterproof anymore. So, And then, of course, a good hiding spot is always good for longevity. So don't place your geocache in spots that homeless people frequently use, which is something we had to learn. <laughs> oh, this is perfect for a geocache. Three weeks later, you come back, there's a homeless tent right beside it. And um, the other thing is also high muggle areas. Well, if it's a high muggle area, don't be surprised if that thing gets muddled or it gets feet or whatever. Make it sure it's wildlife proof because wildlife likes to go and walk away with geocaches too. And those are also the factors that each geocache hider has to assess on his own. And then, of course, experience helps a lot there. So 
That's why we see those newbie caches. I mean, they haven't really found anything. They grab the first container they see at home, stick a piece of paper in there and a pencil and throw it in a bush and say like, hey, I got my first hive. And then they wonder why the thing is gone two weeks later, right? Yeah. How true that is. I can't tell you the number one number of times I found something. Go, really? That's not even hidden. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> I found it now. I, I don't think it'll be there long. Now, we met for the first time at the Tri-Cities Geocoin Challenge this year. And at that time, you showed us a really cool product. Now, what provided the idea to make and sell these things? Well, the whole thing basically started out when we were caching in Europe in 2013. We discovered something very similar, and it was called at that point Rotolog. And we thought like, oh, there must have been for sure somebody out there that's doing this stuff. And, um, well, we went back to North America. We cashed again and we came back. Well, actually, no, we went to HQ in 2015 for the last block party. And um, in their geocaching shop, we actually discovered that sad rotolog that we seen two years earlier in Germany for sale, but at a prohibitive price. And, of <laughs> course, we know why, because it's the shipping that basically kills you because they were imported from um, Germany and talking to those guys, they also had that they have some delivery issues. They not always have them in stock and so on and so forth. Yeah. And we thought like, okay, well, product is here and whatever. And then we went in 2016 back to Swit, uh, Germany and uh, the Mega and Koblenz, there was like five or so different uh, vendors and they all sold those type of logs like the yin yangs in all kinds of variations from really cheap to more expensive. And there was a lot of China cheapos that were a good design, but still the way they were basically done, you could tell, hmm, okay, it's a different design, but it's still regular paper. Once it gets wet, it's mush. Yeah. And then we came back again and looked again. And basically, yeah, from the time we discovered it, about three or four years went by and we did some research and there was still nobody in North America that figured like, okay, we should do something. So that's basically how the concept was born to start our own venture with the design of basically the fantastic logbook, which basically the difference is instead of a piece of paper that is rolled, something like this, then you roll something like 15,000 times and it just becomes something really <laughs> weird that's hard to sign. This just fans, you sign, it's done. So that was basically the idea behind it. And then we did some prototyping. We did some of our own heights with some cheap paper. We tried uh, some different right. stuff with um, white in the rain paper and looked how this whole stuff basically came apart and that they were holding up. And then we basically went out there and seen to see if we can find somebody that sell it to. And we found somebody in the Northwest as well. And we're going to mention that later on. And that's basically how the whole concept was born. It's basically all about the logbook that's designed for the new container type that's basically most common right now and will be in the future, which is the micro container. So, Chris and Yvonne, um, because this is largely an audio podcast and people download and listen to it, um, they, might, they might not understand exactly what you're talking about. Maybe you can try and visually describe what the log work logbook uh, the fan logbook looks like okay so everybody knows the real logbook that comes out of a bison tube or a pill bottle which is basically a roll something you roll up 
and you have to unroll it and then you have to see how it gets stays unrolled while you sign it and then you have to roll it back in and so if it's it a nano you have to roll it really tight and then minus 30 that's a nile pain in the whatever <laughs> so the rules everybody knows now what we're talking about is something like uh think if you, uh, think of a chinese geisha that has those fans the chinese fans it's that very you fan when it's similar really concept hot. so you basically have <laughs> 40 sheets of paper that you can fan out. They hold together by a screw. So you can basically make a nice fan. And if, if it's really hot, you can actually use it to cool, uh, you cool down. yourself down. But it's really simple to sign because you got two sides and they're really simple to access. So it's, think of it as a Chinese fan. Yeah? What they call oh, yeah, There might be a different called. name, but... But it's like you fan it out. You, fan you it out. sign it and you just... Fold it, you fold it you back just together, close you stick it, again. it back in the container. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, I, I was, I had never seen a, a logbook like that when you guys met us at the event and showed it to us. And I was pretty impressed. I thought, what a great idea. Why don't we have more of these? So, well, the, the, the thing <laughs> is that Germany it. is five years ahead of North America. Anything they do, and in geocaching, it's the same thing, funny as it is. So that's why in Germany, it's a big thing. They use the container and the type of logbooks everywhere over there. And mm-hmm. here, basically, people just starting to discover both kinds, right? Mm-hmm. So, now, uh, GSMX2 has a great question in the chat, and it's, does the pivot or the the uh, screw where it pivots, does that rust? Um, I can't say really no, no, but it's a nickel coating. If you submerge it in water... And we did the test, it will rust because the inside of the screw is not covered. So yeah. basically the thread in it will create some rust. So yeah. if, if you basically submerge it in water, it will rust. But other than that, the screw holds up quite some time. Excellent. Very nice. Yeah, and I, I like that, that, you know, it's it's a small form factor, yet you've got 40 sheets and you can sign front and back. And that is a lot of signatures on a geocache. So you're not going out every third week to, or you know, every third day on a nano to change yeah. the log sheet. So it's all about, yeah, how much time Save, and money, money do you want to spend in cash maintenance versus <laughs> spending it up front in as proper. Oh no. Lost them again. Is, right. it, is it the question I asked? I think, I think you asked too difficult of a question. Sorry. I'll ask easier questions next time. All right. Um, 10 kilometers away from your home location, it's paid out just by time saving and money and everything. Awesome. Chris and Yvonne, we had lost you for a few moments. And just so you know, um, we don't have your video right now. So your camera's probably off. Um, there. We can hear you and we can see you. So if if we pause right now while we've got you and we've got the video back, if you want to show the product on the screen. Okay, so let's see. So there you go. This is our logs. And, just and this is the next size. Oh, so there's two sizes. Okay. Yeah. One size is basically designed for this, which is a two-liter pop bottle. Yep, the before it gets blown up, it's about four inches long, I would say. And then the, the size that we want just show the space design for this cash container that everybody knows, the fake rock. Or and even something like this. Or a pill bottle or a large bison. We see those ones still a lot. And even some, any odd 
other size too. Awesome. So if the original size, the two liter size, which is basically in stores right now, is last year, the fake rock size is just going into stores this fall, so to speak, Working and it, will yeah. be released. And then there's one more size in between that we probably get out next year. Kind of like for these guys. Uh, the matchstick containers. <laughs> the matchstick containers, yeah. Well, then basically, which is another paddling, which is the one liter bottle, which is compared to the other one about an inch shorter. Okay. Yep. These can be integrated in various gadget caches. That's what they're nice for, or whatever. Yep. You can hang them into trees, and there's a lot of opportunities. <laughs> yeah, we find a lot of the preforms hung in trees in BC for sure. All right. So, whereabouts do most of your customers come from for your, your products? Uh, a lot of it, well, we pretty much deal with stores. Okay. And those ones, it's usually the ones you met personally or through mega events and things like that, friends too. Uh, and lately I've been contact, been contact by different stores uh, through Google search. Nice. Like we actually had a shipment go out to Belgium which I really like seeing a new guy starting out. And of course, if you're a new store and you're just starting out, uh, you can't really go out and order who knows how many logbooks if you don't know where you're going to go. So I think that's where we are filling a niche because it's not a store logo on it. Like most of them have in Europe, it's actually a more company logo. And over here, it was, of course, we were talking to HQ when we rode in Seattle and another big help was also Lisa at cash advance because we talked to her quite early on, on what she thinks of the idea and if it would be something to even explore further. And she's been a great help that way. And another one early on was our local store here in the Calgary area, which is Tewer. Great. Okay. So if someone wanted to get one or, or many of these, those would be some of the places they could go is some of those, those stores. Definitely. Cash Advance, geocaching.com, Geoworm, uh, Space Coast. Okay. Store. They have the lockbooks as well. And yeah, the other one is Belgium. So I don't think we would want to send anybody there right now. <laughs> it wouldn't make sense. But when we're there, we can pick some up. Yes. Um, I saw a question. I can't remember. I, I can't see where it is in in the chat, but somebody asked in the chat, um, can you buy just the logbooks or do you have to buy them with the preform? No, basically no the idea is the logbooks are available by itself. Yeah. Um, the, the, the container yeah. is basically a byproduct. We just discovered that uh, because I work in the industry and we saw them over in Europe too. It's the new undestructible container of the future, but it's basically logbooks. So you can yeah. get the logbooks separately, but combine the two and you basically have the ultimate geocache combo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the the, the logbooks are out on the stores by themselves. Yeah, excellent. That was uh, GSM times two. Oh, there we go. There it is. Yep. Thank mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. And so you've got one size out now with two more coming in the future, correct? Yeah. Love it. Uh, the one I saw was was very well done. It was right in the rain paper. Um, very well constructed, you know, right in the rain paper is sturdy by itself. Uh, but when you, you know, stack it together and put it in there, it, it works really well. Now, one of the things you mentioned, uh, that you're finding that people are only writing on one side of this, 
They, they tend not to write on the well. What what would be the backside of the sheets? A lot of times with other lock books, you notice that they do write on one side, not the other. So we kind of we do have a marking on there, and we do kind of note: please use front and back sides. But it doesn't matter which lock book it is out there. You see people only using one side, not both sides. Yeah, that's true. And, and then you come to, then you see them there all the way at the end, and then you get those locks. A lock book is full, and you actually go, and it's like, well, there's still a back side. <laughs> only <laughs> half the log book is full. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the log is 50% full. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's cool. If uh, someone wanted to see this product in person, where would they be able to find you guys next? Like, uh, and I'm asking this because I, you know, that's how we found out about the product is we met you at a mega event and you, you showed us the product and we talked a bit and now we've got you on the show. Um, are you going to be visiting any other events or other places where people might get a chance to see these? Well, actually good that you asked because we'll be coming out to the Northwest in just a month at the yeah. Geocoin Fest. On September 30th, yep. where I heard that you guys will be present as well. So we're going to have a presence there as well. We're going to arrive probably somewhere on Thursday and we'll be the whole weekend there until Monday or Tuesday. Yep. Um, nice. Heading over to Geocaching headquarters as well. And then the next plan is basically Tri-Cities Geocoin Challenge 2019. That's in the plans as well. Mm-hmm. This year we went the first time. We haven't done really too much, and we had to discover first how how this event was run, and it was really pleasant. And next year will work out too. Yeah. And um, yeah, basically we're looking for a sponsorship base too, with uh, special deals with anybody knows of people that are looking for large quantity, like large event and megas, like we do with Geocoin Fest, where we basically have one com- combination in the swag bag. And uh, um, we're looking also for geo art or power trail hiders, where they need a lot of them. And basically, there the concept of low maintenance becomes really important because if you got a hundred or more caches out there, you don't want to go out there every weekend replacing <laughs> one or two or three, or because either they chewed up, broken, wet, missing something, logbook fall, and so on and so forth. Right? Yeah. Exactly. We better go caching than doing cache maintenance. There you go. There you go. Um, there was a question earlier in the chat from uh, GeoNav Pros, and they were wondering uh, uh, what the cost is for buying one of these or any of the different products. Um, now, you're not retailers, so are you able to say what the approximately what the cost is? Uh, I didn't pull them up because each store kind of has their own prices as well. Right. And of course, US, Canada, and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, but comparable to- if if you look at other right in the rain lock books, like more for lock and lock or anything else like that, we're very comparable. We're just like a we're a funny size. Some people will probably think because it's long That's and narrow, uh, but we we kind of did some calculations and we're really comparable to any other right in the rain lock book out there. So basically, if you look at the Rider Rain notebooks and compare basically writable space or square inches, square centimeters, whatever, it's basically very comparable in price and what they sell. But ours are unique in that they fit specific geocache containers. While the notebooks are more generalized, right? You can right. put in ammo cans and lock and locks, but those are hard to find nowadays. And there you can put basically any kind of paper in because they hold up to the elements, but 
you go into micro containers, you got film uh, bottles and you got matchstick containers, you got bison tubes, they leak and everything. That's where we are unique with the right and rain paper because those literally can submerge for a whole day. You shake them out, you let them dry out. They look a little bit wrinkled, but they're still writable <laughs> and all, almost as new, or at least in better shape than any other regular paper log, which yeah. turns right into mush, right? Fantastic. You know, we have a fantastic research department on this podcast. <laughs> and we've got multiple people. Uh, GSM times two says uh, it's $3.99 at geocaching.com, $1.99 for just the log at Space Coast. And it's three ninety five at cash advance for the combo. I am U.S. dollars. It's U.S. dollars. Yes. So very affordable. Uh, in the fact that you're not going to have to go out there time and time again because the log got wet or you know damaged or what have you. Yeah, and I can say having had my hands five dollars and and put them in comparison to what does it take to go out there an <laughs> right. afternoon? Right. Yeah. A lot of different things. I was going to say having had my hands on one of those personally, I I can say. They're well built, so I can see how they would definitely hold up. So uh, it's not, uh, it certainly doesn't feel like it was just quickly thrown together. You guys do a really good job on quality. And basically, yeah, we looked at the past, present, and future. And uh, in the past, the containers were ammo cans, large lock and locks, which starting to vanish more and more because if you go into urban areas, ammo cans get stolen, vandalized, whatever, <laughs> used for other purposes, and so on. Mm -hmm. And yeah. present right now is basically pill bottles, bison tubes, matchstick containers, the dreaded Altoid tins or the gum cans, vitamin containers. And that's basically the North American market because, yeah, think about it in North America, those pill bottles that we have everywhere, I mean, they're out in by the thousands. And the difference in Europe is they don't have pill bottles, and that's why they use the petlings, right? Ah. So the, the ones. Geocache discovered that those pill bottles basically don't hold up to the elements. They're not designed for anything outside of the home because they crack once they yeah. get submitted to Unilight. The, the child lock is more a nuisance than anything else, and waterproofness, uh, don't even think about it. So we're basically looking into the future, and um, probably five to ten years from now, everybody will hide petlings. And that's where our lockbook then basically fits right in because it's designed for that type of Mm -hmm. I have to say, speaking of the pill bottles, there is a, a classic Northwest hide that goes on, especially up in the Northwest part of Washington state and, and parts of uh, Southwest British Columbia, where it's a large pill bottle with a small, smaller pill bottle inside. And then the log in a baggie and the smaller pill bottle. <laughs> it seems like a lot of work, but they hold up really well. And it's, it's yeah. for a pill bottle. It's a really but good. How, how long does it take to, to retrieve the log? Well, so, you can't, wow. On a full day of geocaching, you can only get about 20 of those because you just simply <laughs> run out of daylight while exactly. you're opening containers and then you've got to put it all back together. So, yeah, but so we had similar experience, especially the, 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 when they put them into baggies. Like, yeah, don't get me started on the baggies. <laughs> in defense of the pill bottle in the, in the rainy area here, but uh, definitely preformed uh, are, are a great idea. And especially when you get a preform with one of these. Um, log work type logs in it. That's that's fantastic. So, so there you go. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, Chris and Yvonne, is there any other message about hiding caches that last that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, basically, 
to just reiterate a little bit about the paddling with the fantastic logbook together sort of like create the ultimate geocaching combo because oh, it's yeah. super fast it's waterproof because what goes into this container is soda so they have to be leak proof because i can speak from experience if they leak they make a big sticky mess <laughs> if you ever run out of the dreaded o-ring this o-ring is a cap and you can get it at any convenience store a replacement and you find them in any dumpster garbage can or in the ditch while you are geocaching actually i'm sorry in the northwest they don't have deposits that's why we come to washington we geocache and we finance our fuel by collecting all the balls and bring them back to us but that's a side note oh that's hilarious well i was gonna say you could go out and buy a replacement lid and get a free drink with it yes that works too Uh, yes, yeah. you can get the container with the logbook and you have a geocache hide instead of taking a drink. There you go. It's almost the same price. <laughs> and yeah, make sure your geocaches are wildlife proof and secured, which is like horses, cows, squirrels, ground animals. Make sure you look at the hiding location, look at it in the four seasons, because right now you hang this maybe in a tree and the tree is green. No problem, but when winter comes around, those leaves fall down. This thing really smiles at you in, in the middle of winter. So that's one thing. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing that you have to mention is basically read the cache page. I don't know how many logs we get on our own caches where people don't even read the cache page and we go like, it's all written down there. Just read it's it. But no, they think we don't need to read it. I mean, years ago, you could get, get to the location, you found the cache. Nowadays, with all our specialty and gadget caches, read the cache pages, and you know what to expect or hopefully know what you're looking for. And basically, we are more or less about the logbook type. The container is basically just a byproduct that we discovered that basically is the cache container of the future. So the two together basically make an optimal and ultimate cache solution, right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, literacy has become one of my greatest geocaching skills. <laughs> Being able to read the cache page and go, oh, look, there's all the information. Right? You know. We have the log combo and the hint. We get logs. Oh, we were able to actually figure out the combo in about only two tries. Um, what did you guys try? The combo, <laughs> the, the, it, it's right in the cache page. I have to figure it out. It's not a puzzle cache. <laughs> Well, any puzzle, any cache can become a puzzle cache if you don't know what yeah. you're doing. <laughs> don't cache you got a puzzle cache. Yep. You know, like trying to open up two pill bottles. <laughs> it's a puzzle cache. Um, in the chat, Bounce Bounce would like a large uh, one of those that he can put in an ammo can. So we're talking like 200 sheets. And <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just charge him directly. He'll be fine with that. There you go. We can do that. That's actually doable. You know, we just take a sheet, yeah, letter size, cut them in half. So that's like a a ream of paper. So 500 sheets. Yeah, well, I I hope he has a really good uh, hiding location where he gets uh, 2,000 locks. He has some of the most highly favorited caches in the area. So, yes, he gets a lot of a lot of binds. Yes. So there you go. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on and talking about log work. We really hope you stay for the after show. The after show. And, uh, you know, 
Land Monkey, since you mentioned how to put uh, topics into the after show using hashtag Fatas, yes, uh, it blew up. We've got <laughs> more than we can talk about in this after show, I believe. So excellent. That's a good problem to have. That's right. So Yvonne and Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're going to go look for Logworks logs in, or these fantastic logs in all of the caches that we're finding. And, you know, if they don't have one, a log in there, I'm not giving you a favorite point anymore. <laughs> well, I was going to say, if, if a cacher is trying to get a hold of one of these or, or the, uh, the combo preform and, and log work log fanning log book, um, and their local caching store doesn't carry it. Could they ask their local caching store just to contact you guys? Basically, oh, yeah, yeah sure. get in touch with us. I mean, our yeah, email is info at logwork.com. The website is logwork.com. Very simple. As long as you know how to spell it. It's the German <laughs> work. There you go. Yeah, I put the I put that. Uh, yeah. Any questions, get in touch with us directly. Yeah. We can gladly help. Awesome. So very nice. Thank you so much. Now, folks, we bring good shows like this to you each and every week. So next week, I know you're going to have to wait seven days, but next week we're talking geocaching EDU with Carly from HQ. You're not going to want to miss it. Nope, not at all. It's going to be really great. Um, the week after that, uh, for episode 269, uh, we've got a couple of different ideas we're playing with. We haven't nailed down exactly what we're going to talk about, so we'll we'll call it the mystery episode. It's a big blue question mark right now. So don't go to the coordinates where the show is, because it won't be. <laughs> but it'll be within two kilometers. All right. Um, so yeah, we're looking forward to again, you know, having some great shows. And you know, on the topic of great shows. We have been working very hard. Chris has been working very hard at getting the shows in the download feed cut up. And we're just about there. I think we're only two behind now. So thank you very they're, much. They're Mr. all in the queue to be released. Awesome. So we'll be caught up by next week. Fantastic. That's great. And, you know, we want to thank our faithful Denali level supporters for all the support they give us every month to help us put on this great podcast and have fun talking with each other, talking with great guests and talking with you awesome guys in the chat. So thank you to Bounce Bounce, Team Squirrel, Limax and World Caching for all your support. We really appreciate it. Folks, if you want to know more about supporting this show, click that Patreon link on the cachingnw.com website. It's going to be in one of those two directions. All right. And thank you. A big thank you goes out to every single one of our patrons. And that is Broncos fan for life, Sprouter, Camp Clan, Tick Magnet, Kev MacD, Subway, Mark Doramore, Doom Buddy, Kid Vegas 19, Geo Nav, Bros, Wino, Seattle, Acrodoc, Billy Robson, Nyes, Antaeus, Keats 94, Trexer 0, MC, Three Cats, and yeah, okay, I ran out of breath. And our brand new uh, supporter, Kennel Barb. Thank you very much for joining the team, Kennel Barb. Nice. Now, until next week, uh, I think you already said where people can find you online. You go to logwork.com. That's L-O-G-W-E-R-K dot com. That's the best place to get hold of our guests. But what about you, Land Monkey? Where can you get a where can you get a held of? I can get a held of. Um well that, that's an you awkward. You would think question. English isn't my first language. Yeah. I, it's I'm, my only language is the problem. I'm I'm a little concerned now. So hey, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at LandmonkeyGC, but of course our blog, landmonkey.blogspot.ca. 
or adventuregeocaching.com. Either one of those should work. And you can uh, follow what's going on. In fact, all the details about our current coming up cool, exciting contest that we're doing with the BCGA is just posted tonight on my blog. So go check that out. And of course, a new episode of Land Monkeys Geocaching Adventures just dropped, episode three of season one uh, earlier today. And so that is on our YouTube channel. Just check out L-A-N-M-O-N-K-E-Y. Um, and as, uh, as Wet Coaster says, Land Monkey appearing at a Tim Hortons near you. Yes, absolutely. And that's another place you can find me. Um, Chris of the Northwest, where do people find you? Well, I'm not powered by Tim Hortons quite like the Land Monkey, but you can look for me uh, anywhere you can find Caching NW, Facebook, Twitter. You know, it's even better. Just head on over to CachingNW.com slash host, read our bios and find all those links we just mentioned because we know you're driving down the road and you don't have time to pull out a paper and pencil and you shouldn't while you're driving. Absolutely. And before I read our closing credits, I just want to say uh, Hong K in the chat, who's brand new, I think, and said they love the show and asked for a shout out. Well, there's your shout out, Hong K. Thanks for joining the show. All right. Now we want to thank you folks for taking the time to listen to this episode of Caching in the Northwest. Remember, you can be a part of this show by calling 253-693-TFTC. Leave us a comment, ask a question, put a new log in all of our caches any time of the day or night. And of course, you can email us at feedback at cachingnw.com. Also, your support helps to keep quality shows coming. If you like this show, please click that Patreon link on the cachingnw.com website and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. This show is produced by Chris Infanar and Jay Kennedy, hosted by Chris J and Jim Paulwitz. Show is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license, copyright 2018 by Chris Infanar. And folks, we ask you to stay tuned for The After Show. It's like Wits End is still here. It's kind of almost like that, although it's, it's a little quiet, but it's is there. Is it quiet? I, I, I turned it up, but I think that's more the Googles. The After Show. There you go. Is it getting louder? A little bit, but you know, <laughs> we'll work on it. We'll work on it. All right. So we're in the after show. The first thing I've got up here is from Three Ams in a Rose. Uh, he dropped a fatas that said, this week I've managed to fill six more holes on my way to quadruple fizzy. That sounds probably way more rude than it is. Uh, just got 12 caches left to grab and they're already chosen. So there you go. He's He's on a mission. He's a man on a mission. Land monkey, get your mind out of the gutter. We're talking cash finds here. Okay. Uh, well, Iham says, can the theme music in the after show echo be bumped up in volume? The after show. Yes, it can. Okay. Uh, GSM times two wants to know how people are doing on their adrenaline junkie. There you go. Well, Yvonne and Chris, are you guys uh, working on your adrenaline junkie souvenir? You don't have to do anything for that. It just falls in our lap. It will be a this default. <laughs> Since we come out to GeoCoin Fest, there's like five events scheduled. We go find some caches. It goes into October. <laughs> so the September is already in the bag, no matter what we do. So we haven't really bought it because <laughs> it's just going to fall into place. Perfect. That's it. That's the right answer. You mentioned the gift submission, the 16 finalists, and uh, we were actually on hosting our gift again the third time this time around. And this year, we're actually planning and hopefully we're getting into the brand new Keeping open Calgary Public Library, one of the main architectural buildings of the year. And it's open one week 
when we're going to basically host our GIF event. So we so just have to see if we can get off the room. we're we're fast enough <laughs> booking That's it. That's amazing. That would be awesome. Good for you guys. The whole GIF event is always fun. We love it. And we host yeah. it now three times. And those movies are just a blast. A blast. They and we, so actually, we know one person that's in part of one of those teams. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. And, and I've got I've to take an opportunity here when we're talking about GIF events. Um, just to make sure that the folks up in my area know, I am not planning a GIF event this year. <gasps> I'm taking a step back from some of my Metrovan geocacher activities so that I can focus on some other projects. So that means somebody else is going to have to pick up the mantle here and host a GIF event. And, uh, you know, there's BCGA and, and there's lots of other folks and there's other folks with Metrovan geocachers who can help out. But someone's going to need to do it because you can't just sit back and wait for me to do it this year. <laughs> wow. I am taken aback. <laughs> All the way aback. All the way aback. I rolled right aback. Why, you wouldn't think English was my first language. No. Nope. Uh, let's see. So, to the question of how people are doing with their adrenaline junkie, uh, Limax says, I haven't started. I have no time to go geocaching at all. Oh, that's too bad. Dormore well, says, I haven't started, but tomorrow should be my day to finish it, even if it rains. Nice. There you go. And MC3Cats is at 71 finds for the month. Nice. And the month go. is only six days old. 71 already. Wow. So I guess he's done that particular challenge. Maybe, yeah. So Yvonne and Chris, you, if he's at 71, you better go get finding caches. <laughs> Where's the next power drop? <laughs> So I heard an interesting quote from some of my friends today who said, it's no longer all about the numbers. It's all about the stats. And I thought, yeah, you know what? I like that. It, it's because it's true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else do we have? Keepers of the cash flow. Um, they're asking, um, they, they said, uh, so, oh, this is for you guys. Uh, they said sauce cash wants to know how his bro little star is doing. <laughs> he's sleeping hopefully. it's actually quiet so i assume he's sleeping and he's doing really good <laughs> there you go or good he's man. working on cold fusion either way uh a wet coaster says he hasn't started yet either should get a good start on it this weekend there you and go let's see next weekend is cash dash splash yep so i'm going to go down for the day event there and oh, yeah. geocoin fest yeah so yeah, I should I should be good this month. We um we we definitely will will get it taken care of. It's uh um we're going away this weekend and we're gonna head back up to gold country. We're going after a few high terrain, uh, high difficulty caches, and uh, definitely by the end of this weekend we'll have it. Would have you it have gone up. after those without the adrenaline junkie? Well, yeah. I mean, that's just what we're gonna do anyways. It's just a oh great! I got a souvenir for doing what I normally do. I love it. <laughs> Oh, let's see. Um, Iham says, have you done a show on where I go yet? If not, you can get MC3Cats to talk on it. Can you get MC3Cats to talk about it? Hey, well, I don't perfect. know. Maybe we should ask. Hey, MC3Cats, MC3 do you want to come on the show and talk about uh, where I goes? I think that would be great because we've started a series. So every once in a while, we're dropping an episode in where we talk about um, geocache types and more sort of helping new cashers get oriented to what it's all about. So I think, yeah, we could do a where I go as one of the next ones up. Uh, if MC3Cats wants to get a hold of me, 
um, just reach out to me, buddy, and uh, we'll we'll figure something out. Definitely. Uh, let's see. Keats94 says, the geocaching find streak lives on. I usually listen from home, but the late shifts keep on coming. Uh. No idea what day I'm at. I'm still going <laughs> to log my finds from Lillouette. That's right. Lillouette, right? He still has to log his finds from Lillouette. Yeah, he was on a road trip uh, last weekend posting some fantastic pictures. Now, again, folks, if you don't know, uh, Keats94 is part of the Caching in the Northwest family now, and um, he's going to be making some more frequent appearances on the show. And so make sure you follow him on uh, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and check out some of the cool photos. Uh, he gets out to crazier places than I do more often than I do, I think. So, um, yeah, great guy to follow and a uh, new member of the Caching in the Northwest family. Nice. Welcome aboard officially. There you go. It's official. There you go. It's, it's kind of been official in the paperwork in the background for a little yeah. while, but we're, we're making it official, official. Um, Iham says, once again, dear geocaching guy was snubbed by the selection committee. <laughs> Completely snubbed. Oh, no. There you go. Oh, yeah. So if you want to follow Keats, he, he threw it into the chat there. It's at Keats Morton on Instagram. On the gram. On the gram, yo. Yo, yo. Uh, and our final topic or mention for Patas was Star Cacher. Today I did maintenance on one of my caches where the log was wet and had to be replaced. The cache was dry, but the log in bag was soaked. I assume someone poured water into the log bag. <laughs> that's, that's just did, didn't find a duck head. So, I mean, so you're one up on it. So, if we set the bar at that height, your cash is in pretty good shape. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Duck heads. All right. Well, it's been fun. We've had a lot of fun talking with you guys. Uh, Yvonne and Chris, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. It's been great talking with you and learning about your uh, learning about log work. Well, thanks for, thanks for having us. Definitely. And I look forward to seeing you again at events in the area. We will. We will, yes. Folks, thank you for tuning in tonight or downloading us and playing us right inside the privacy of your very own skull. We appreciate that. And until next week, get out and get caching in the Northwest.